0: Will GTA 6 be co-op? You think GTA 6 will have Coop Story? There's code down, self revive and suicide, buddy ping, passenger drive by and both characters in all missions. You know what? That they put the mechanic to drop weapons in what appears to be single player, that could also suggest that it's gonna be co-op. As I was talking about when I talked about the leaks, I was like, yeah, I don't know what the purpose of you being able to drop a weapon is, other than just clearing actual inventory. But yeah, maybe it could be co-op. Rockstar does always like to try new things. And the rumors that it's kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of uh, campaign. Obviously they're they're with each other all the time. So you mean it's possible. Previously, when someone asked, I was dismissive dismissive of it, but the things you tell me here and thinking about it now, yeah, it does seem like a Rockstar thing to do. I wonder how good the AI is gonna be, especially for speedrunning. Oh my god, it's gonna be terrible, chat, if you always have to stay within some sort of proximity of your other character and the AI will continue to get stuck. Oh boy, do I care if Rockstar likes me? It's an interesting question I think about sometimes because I recognize that what we do online is done to in a great degree by Rockstar's good graces like they could strike us all down take us all to court fuck with us, but obviously what we do here is mutually beneficial, so it's very unlikely to happen, but that sword over your neck is always there. And so you want to be in Rockstar's good graces. So I don't like just to be a dick for no reason. Like I like to have criticism that, you know, is justified. But at the same time, like this is a company that I've dedicated well over half a decade to playing their game and to following everything that they're doing. I can't help but realize that acknowledgement from Rockstar, even praise from Rockstar would be something I would appreciate suggesting that i am doing something significant in any capacity would be appreciated like i can't i can't deny that it was just an interesting thing to think about i suppose netflix's cyberpunk edge runners made me cry so initially i just completely skipped over this show i saw it on netflix and i was like i don't care about that man eh eh so, I wrote this review on Twitter. Netflix's cyberpunk edge runners made me feel stuff. This is the highest praise I can give any media. The 10 episodes were a wild ride that I recommend to everyone. Who would imagine that one show could sell me on an entire subgenre of science fiction while emotionally ruining me? I have never, at any point, been interested in cyberpunk. I don't care about the aesthetic or any of the stories in it, but this sold me on it. I want to see more of it. I cried at the end of the show, chat. I was, to some degree, a little bit tired and already a little bit emotionally emotionally vulnerable, but I think it was mainly carried by the show. Literal tears. Very impactful, a story that I think is gonna sit with me for a long time. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's gonna change my life or it's made me like reflect on the world or something, but it was a very, very well told story, in my opinion. Maybe one tiny criticism that can be made of it is that some may consider it to be rushed. There's 10 episodes. I think if they'd made 11 or 12 you probably would have had a few more scenes go a little bit longer But it's like making that criticism is, you know, working to find criticisms with something It is as perfect as you can get from a show It has convinced me that I do want to play through Cyberpunk. I did play it three hours near release and I was not super impressed by it But I want to see more of this world. It's impressive how We went from video game adaptations in regards to movies being all universally terrible to now us getting some really banging TV show adaptations of video games. YouTube Shorts monetization changes. As I mentioned previously, there was some changes coming to Shorts. Turns out that there's a change in the monetization. Creators now get 45% and YouTube gets 55%. So previously, what YouTube had was something similar to TikTok, where they have a chunk of money that gets individually shared to everyone, based on how many views they receive. Now this is a terrible form of monetization, because the more views that happen on the platform, the less money everyone gets. So, let's say on TikTok there's a million views. It means that everyone will get $200 per view. But if there's if there's two million views, then everyone gets hundred dollars per view. So obviously as TikTok has grown, the amount of money that each view has gotten has become less and less and less and less and less. Creators are effectively fighting harder and harder to get less and less money. YouTube doing sharing in this way means that as people use shorts more, creators will get more. Which is how it should be. In saying that, the monetization of shorts already isn't that good. So I'm not sure how much of an increase this is going to be because we don't have the public information about what amount of money is being made from shorts. It's hard to imagine this wouldn't be an increase though. As I said before, I got $800 for 60 million views or something, which is obviously not very good. The revenue share here is surprisingly worse than the normal revenue share that long-form content gets. I believe that's 60-40 in favor of the content creator while This is 45, 55, where the creators are getting the 45, you know? So it's 15% less than long form content. I'm not sure why that is, you know, but it's an improvement and more improvements will hopefully come. New 4000 series NVIDIA graphics cards. So you guys have likely heard, the 4000 series has now been announced from from NVIDIA where the top card, the 4090, the one that I want to get is, what was it? $1,500? 1600 USD. It's apparently like a massive improvement over the 3090, even though it's gonna be like $100 more or something. But obviously there's not many people who shop at that kind of price point. It does not make ever make sense to get a GPU that powerful unless you're doing it for business reasons, as I'm doing. The better my stuff looks, the faster my rendering, the, the more powerful my system, the easier it is for me to do stuff. The 4000 series also has a new NVENC encoder. This will hopefully improve my stream quality. Whatever small increase to my productivity, eventually I get my money back from buying ridiculously expensive hardware. So who cares? It is crazy how powerful graphics cards are now. You can get insane value cards for a couple of hundred bucks. It's pretty nuts. 4090 is a tax write off. It is tax deductible, yes, but I want to reaffirm what something I say all the time people overestimate how valuable tax write offs are. It's not free money or something. It never makes sense for me financially to buy things I don't need for the tax deductions. All it means is that on that amount of my income that I'm spending on the item, I don't pay tax on it. So if I buy something for a thousand dollars, I have an item worth a thousand dollars, but if I didn't buy that item, I might pay three hundred dollars in tax and so I'd be left with seven hundred dollars. So I have a choice between having seven hundred dollars in money in my pocket versus having an item worth $1,000. That's kind of how that works. But if that item worth $1,000 has no value to me, there's no reason to buy it. If it's not gonna make me money and it's just gonna depreciate in value, it's better just to have the $700. It's not free. I'm still paying in this particular instance, $700 for it effectively. But it's the reason why you sometimes see like end of financial year sales and stuff, because companies are saying, hey, you wanna buy some things for your business, you may as well, because if you don't spend that money on your business, you'll be giving it to the taxman, or at least some of it. It's meant to incentivize business spending, rather than sticking that money in your bank account, kind of thing. You can access all my unlisted live streams. So if you wonder where I've been, if you are a Twitch frog, I've been streaming a lot on YouTube. You can find all my YouTube live streams in this handy playlist here. the rough topics are listed on top. They are unlisted so you can only find them them through this playlist or links of course but you know mainly this playlist so feel free to check them out. I had no idea what phone I had. So yesterday I was doing a bunch of test streams to complete my setup for my in potential in real live streams. There's two I plan to do, one's a cooking video and the rest are when I'm down in Melbourne for packs. I've got myself this setup that uh, it took so long to figure out why certain things weren't working and it was a huge pain in the ass, but finally, things seem good. But I was talking to Well yesterday and I said that I had a Galaxy Samsung S22. Turns out I don't. I have an S21. Embarrassingly, I recently told a sponsor that I had an S22 and they were sending me out uh, phone cases for an S22. And I was like, oh shit. Am I gonna get screwed? Maybe the cases would fit on each other. I don't know, but that's whatever. So I've ended up buying myself an S22. Even though the difference between S21 and S22 is so low, I bought it largely so I can have a backup phone in case my live stream screws up and it has better cameras ever so slightly. So I'm gonna have two phones now to hopefully make sure my uh, in-roll live streaming cannot go wrong. I can't explain this story bad, but that's a thing. My impression of streaming on YouTube versus Twitch. Tell us what difference there is between YouTube and Twitch and which one you think are better. So Twitch has all these small features that are very useful to have. You can click on a person's name and see everything they've said in the past. You can do custom timeouts for certain durations. The basic chat is much better to and easier to read. They have like better Twitch TV and Frank of AC, which you can use to greater customize your chat experience and your live streaming experience. There's more of a like a live streamer feel on Twitch, where YouTube, of course, isn't focused on that. I wouldn't even know where to click to find other live streamers who are doing something like what I'm doing. You can do that on Twitch. The layout is just in general better because they've been doing it for far longer and they have more care in it. YouTube, I have a larger audience. The quality that you can stream is higher, although To what degree that really matters is debatable because of the massive compression that YouTube uses. Like I'm streaming in like 30k bitrate 1440p right now, but it doesn't look like 30k bitrate 1440p. It does look better than the 960p that I was using on Twitch. You know, limited to 8k bitrate and all that jazz on Twitch. You know, YouTube, you've got a bit more flexibility, it does look a little bit better. But also on YouTube, you can scroll back a few minutes very easily if you want to. Can't do that on Twitch. The things that actually matter, the really important things, YouTube is better in. But can't imagine that people who are doing really well on Twitch, who are really established on Twitch, and don't have a YouTube audience already, are going to start streaming on YouTube. Because as far as money is concerned, you need, like, double the audience on YouTube to have a chance to gain the same amount of money that you do on Twitch. Because on Twitch, it is more accepted to be a paid subscriber and because Prime memberships exist and you get so many free uh, subscriptions more and more people are subscribe Which because there's so many people subscribed it inspires other people to subscribe and it's like a feedback loop more gifting subs and all that jazz So you have less viewers, but it's more acceptable to be a paid subscriber It's more acceptable to give money to the live streamer and with the free subscriptions That, that kind of money adds up on youtube. I'm making more money than I did on twitch but that's because on twitch I didn't have my alerts on and I had less of an audience. Many of the reasons why streaming on YouTube is better for me don't exist for other people who already stream on Twitch. Streaming on YouTube, you feel more like your own little private island. On Twitch, you do feel more like you're part of the Twitch community because you see all the other streamers in your little bar on the side and you're aware you're on a live streaming platform. I'm not sure I really like that now. I have a very low opinion Of twitch and the people who dominate its upper echelons Uh, a combination of reactors gambling streams and those who've been there for like you know a bajillion years and only maintain their success because the platform maintains it for them because they have so many viewers that they're at the top of um uh, the rankings so frequently that they're always getting the new viewers first before anyone down below twitch has announced they are banning most gambling streams this hasn't gone into effect yet and i will discuss it in later rambles Why am I not on more podcasts? Are you going on any more podcasts anymore? Love the Some Ordinary Podcast episode. Thanks, dude. I wish the audio wasn't scuffed in it though, but I don't get invited to many podcasts. I've talked about this before. My numbers in regards to how many views I get every month is more than what my actual audience is. Okay, like, let's look up, like, how many views does Lily Pichu get each month on her YouTube channel? She gets 2 million. I've had more views than her on my YouTube channel for like my entire career or since I've got successful ever in the, in the last three three years. However, Lily Pichu, way more popular than me, got way more audience. More people care about Lily Pichu than me. Lily Pichu going out in public, she be mobbed by people. She writes a tweet that says, Hey, I just had dinner. She getting 50K likes on her Twitter. I get as many views as I do on YouTube because I release a lot of videos. And so, if a person is looking for someone popular to get on their podcast, they're not going to pick someone like me, they're going to pick someone like Lily Peacher. I mean, that's not the only reason, of course, like, obviously, a lot of other creators just have more connections. It's hard to get someone onto your show that you've never spoken to before. Having a little bit of rapport, knowing something about what they're about before you get them on your show is very valuable, because you know it's not going to be just a, a shit show. I don't know that many creators. I don't know anyone who has a podcast. And that makes it very hard for me to get into or onto anyone's podcast, even if I wanted to. I mean, it's the problem I've had with getting people for GTA Guesser. Once I got down my list of people that I know, and then people I know tangentially, I'm getting to the point where I'm inviting on people who know of me, but I don't really know. And that makes things more difficult. So yeah, so so two different barriers there. That I'm not as popular as you likely think I am. I just get a lot of views because I've released a lot of videos. And I don't know that many people, so... I'm not on people's top 10 list of people they want on their podcast. What about Mudaha? Yeah, because I, I knew Mudaha. Like, we, we talked in DMs a, a couple of times. I like the dude. I mean, it, it makes sense that I would eventually get on these podcasts at some point, right? Talking to someone and having a rapport with them on a podcast is a little bit different than rambling to yourself about whatever you want and then, you know, editing it to make it seem coherent, right? For example, when I spoke to Carl uh, at the height of the React drama, uh, p- many people commented that I talked over Carl and or interrupted him a few times. I didn't feel that way at all But that was people's perception. Why don't you make a podcast with Pelican and TGG? Me and Pelly Did talk a bit about doing a podcast I don't know how many of you have actually seen the first a ramble with that I did with Pelly. It was around that time when I was doing the first episode where we talked about that possibility but I was never keen to because to begin with, I'm not sure how good I am at podcasts anyway. I haven't done that many and a lot of what I'd probably do is just be repeating the same stuff I talk about in rambles But with another person wouldn't necessarily go down all that well But also because of my inconsistent sleeping and how busy I busy I often am I wouldn't want to bring someone else on board that I could potentially let down. It's one thing that's kept me from a lot in life chat. I hate letting people down. I hate promising things to people and not fulfilling my end of the bargain like I wrote multiple notes to get Carl his thing for the, the cameo that I did, and I still almost forgot. <laughs> there are enough podcasts in the world. A podcast at the end of the day is just people chilling and talking. Most people listen to podcasts when they want to have some consistent long-form content in the background where they're doing something else. You're playing some video game, you're grinding some MMO, and you just want something consistent in the background that you don't have to continuously change video. Because most YouTube videos are like 10 minutes long, and so if you need You know something while you're doing the dishes or cleaning yeah having to go oh god you get back on youtube searching for another video every 10 minutes It's a pain in the ass trash taste I've listened to every episode they've ever released for that reason anytime I need to clean my house or clean my room or whatever. It's just a (coughs) Trash taste you know Be sure to like and subscribe also leave a comment if you have something on your mind My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is I wish you all the best